Today is a Sunday, the 27th of December, 2020. And there's just four more days left until the last day of this year. So the Buddha, he reminded uh, the monks to be cautious about the cycle of samsara and see the dangers in it. Notice that these days and nights are constantly falling away. So he taught us to not be heedless, to ask ourselves what we are doing right now, because time is steadily passing by. And now we're in the midst of this pandemic. So probably all of us have thought at some point that things are not sure, that these Sankara's conditioned phenomena, there's something unreliable or inconstant. Um, and once they have been born, then it's natural for them to experience pain. And when this pain reaches a certain point, then the body passes away. So we see all over the world now that many people are dying, especially the elderly. So the Buddha reminded us of this. He uh, cautioned us about this. And if we have mindfulness, and that's well established, then we'll be able to contemplate into these things. Contemplate every day that our lives are not sure. This life is uncertain. Death is certain. And death is the culmination of my life. My life must end in death. So life is uncertain, but death is certain. So we can use this object of death as a meditation subject. And it's a very good one. It's excellent. And if we recollect it often, then our hearts will become disillusioned with the things of this world, seeing that this life really is not sure, and it's necessary for us to pass away. All it takes is for the breath to run out, and then our bodies die. But we take these bodies to be me and mine, and uh, when we contemplate the death, we see that really we have to leave these things behind, along with all the people that we care for and we love. It's just that um, our minds go and attach to these things. We don't see their true nature. So when uh, the body starts to break apart, uh, then and then it dies, then they take them off to burn because they are full of bacteria, these bodies. And we don't really notice that when they're still alive because they have the fire element working, they're still warm, and that keeps the bacteria at bay. But when the fire element leaves, then these bacteria proliferate and they swarm the body. And so they have to get taken off and be burnt like this, both the bodies of Humans are like this, and also those of animals. So we see there's no true self within them. They're just something that come together temporarily, and then they have to start to deteriorate and break apart. And one day our body will be this way as well. It's just that the mind comes in to this body and takes possession of it. And then it becomes deluded that this thing is really a true self. 
And when we do this, then it makes our minds chaotic and brings a lot of pain into our hearts. Because we have too great a love for the self. And we can often lack kindness and compassion for others. But if we look into these bodies, if we contemplate them well and have mindfulness over them, then we'll see into their true nature. We also observe this mind and see that sometimes it has greed, hatred and delusion within it, and sometimes these defilements are absent. And so we ask ourselves, how do these defilements arise? And we look until we gain a knowledge, we know how that happens. So we are constantly aware of our minds, looking into them, contemplating them, so that we gain an understanding of them and also of any objects that are present within them. When the mind goes and spins stories or starts proliferating upon things in a skillful way or an unskillful way, then we have knowledge over all of that, knowing what's going on. The mind is thinking based upon greed, hatred and delusion, or those defilements are absent from its thoughts, and we know that, we're aware of it. So we have this mindfulness, and we also have a sense of forbearance and restraint within morality. So when we contemplate death frequently, the mind becomes peaceful. And when it's in a peaceful state, we can look directly at the mind itself. So really, all of the meditation objects, whether we're reciting a mantra, whether we're keeping death in mind, they are for the bringing about of peace. And when our minds are established in peace, then another more subtle kind of knowledge arises. And we see that it's really no one that dies. It's just a collection of elements, um, these natural elements. And so our minds gain a knowledge of this. And then they're able to let go temporarily. And so we see into the nature of conventions, and then there's this temporary liberation of mind. And if the knowledge is very deep, if it's very full, then there'll be the complete permanent abandoning of all defilements. But all of this depends upon the effort that we have. We really must apply our effort well, be sincere in our practice, because we are only able to free ourselves from suffering because of our efforts or relying upon that effort. And if we don't have effort or energy, if we don't have any endurance, then there's no way that we can succeed. So we must do it a lot. We must cultivate this path a lot. It's trying to um, develop a lot of merit, trying to build up goodness, and contemplating in a way that gives rise to emptiness. Because when we look into these elements, these collection of elements that comprise our body, and we see them deteriorate and eventually decay, then we will understand into the empty nature of this body. That normally we see this thing as being a self, 
but we understand that there's no true self to it. So we need to bring up mindfulness around this. Have mindfulness of death, mindfulness of the breath, or recollecting emptiness or nibbana as a meditation object. These are all means to bring about inner peace. So when our minds are peaceful, when they feel at ease, then we can take this awareness to look at the mind directly, and a clear knowledge should arise. But if there is an absence of peace, then all we'll see are the aramanas, these sense impressions. We won't be able to see the mind itself. So we need to train in this path of practice to be always abandoning um, evil things and to be developing, cultivating skillful things and making the mind bright and clear. And when we are practicing meditation, this is exactly what we're doing. We're abandoning unskillful states, giving rise to skillful states, making the mind peaceful and bright uh, through this practice of samadhi. And when our minds are peaceful, uh, then we're able to contemplate into the body effectively, or we're able to be aware of this mind. We can see that all of the objects contained within the mind or that arise within this mind are not sure, they're inconstant, they're unstable. There's no true self within them. And if we see this clearly, then the mind becomes empty. It's able to put down all of its attachments, put down its conceit, the conceit that we are higher or equal or lower to someone. So the mind um, is always giving rise to this importance or this, uh, it, it puts this meaning on top of things, that we think that we are higher or equal or lower. And these are all different kinds of views or conceits that we can hold. So if we are higher than someone, and we think that we're higher, or we think that we're the same, or we think that we're lower, or if we're equal to someone, and we think that we're higher, or equal, or lower, or we're lower than someone, but we think that we really are lower than them, or that we're equal, or that we're higher to them. These are the nine forms of conceit that um, are in our minds and that can bind our minds up. But if we have knowledge that arises um, and it comes up in time, it's up to speed with uh, this conceit, then we'll see that really these things, they're not true, they don't actually exist. Because how could we be equal to someone? How could we be higher or lower to them? All of us have to get old we all have to grow sick and die, all the same. So really no one is high or equal or lower because there's actually no true self there. There's no one there. It's just this knowing element that doesn't have a true self within it. So seeing this, we're able to put it down. The Buddha taught that all sankharas, all conditioned phenomena, have degeneration, deterioration as their nature. So it's close to the end of the year now, and we're growing older by one year. But we're also very fortunate that our lives have carried on 
until this present moment. But it's also something that's not sure, because we don't know when this life will leave us. We don't know when it's going to end. And really, life is leaving us with each in-breath and each out-breath. So while we do still have life, we should use that well. And it shows that we have a lot of merit in order to still be alive. So we use that to cultivate more goodness and really put our efforts into this, trying to gain knowledge, trying to gain true understanding. Especially for monks should be really intent, really try to build up as much goodness. Um, so, and this becomes the means for us to understand into truth. You should be contemplating every single day and trying to understand the nature of this life, seeing that we don't stay here for long. We don't abide in this world for a long time. And we're going to have to die for sure. We'll have to die for sure. We don't stay in this world very long. It's we're of the nature to leave this place. So we should try to bring up this understanding before we die, which means that we die before we die. And normally when we talk about someone who's dead, we think of someone who isn't breathing anymore. But really, the living dead are all around us. Those who are walking about, um, they can be dead as well, because they don't have mindfulness within them. And we can see that especially in this present era, in this time of pandemic, um, that there are many people who aren't well established in sila, in virtue, and they're creating a lot of chaos for themselves and those around them that times are tough, but they're just making things even worse. The Buddha, however, taught the path that leads to ease and peace. And if we practice this way, if we abandon um, evil things, if we give rise to skillful things, then that leads us towards peace. But there are also those people who are controlled by their ignorance, and they are uh, constantly cultivating the way that leads away from peace, away from ease, giving rise to confusion and chaos. So we need to try to be firm within our heedfulness. And really all of the 84,000 teachings of the Buddha come down to this one single point, to not be heedless. So we should try to be heedful. We don't be heedless in the strength of our bodies. We're not heedless in our youth, because these things are not sure. And we've all seen many people um, pass away. This person goes, and then the next person goes. And sometimes it can be someone who's quite young who dies. Both monks die, lay people die. So we bring up this recollection of death, and this leads our heart towards peace. And then when they're peaceful, then we look at our minds, we contemplate our minds. And we do this constantly throughout the day, always bringing up awareness over this jitta, asking ourselves what's within them. Are they getting involved in hate? Are they loving something? Are they deluded? 
And if these states are present, these unskillful emotions are there, then we remind ourselves that death is closing in on us. To try to bring up this feeling that our lives are very close to death. And when we're going to die, then what are we going to want from this world? Why would we want to hate anyone? What's the point in giving rise to thoughts of ill will? So if we often contemplate death, then we'll have the feeling that we don't really want anything from this world because everything will end in death. So we need to be cautious around our minds to really take good care of them. And when we constantly look at our minds and aware of them, then this will free us from the trap of suffering, that our hearts will uh, be freed from their fetters. So we bring up our effort, really try to develop this, and do it a lot, develop it a lot. Walk in meditation, sit in meditation, constantly train the minds to have awareness and mindfulness. And lay people can do this as well, bring up mindfulness throughout the entire day. If the mind is agitated or scattered, then chant a lot. And we need to take good care of our minds, because normally the defilements are in control of them. And in order for this inner Buddha to display itself, to come up, it requires our effort. And if we don't have that energy, then it's just not going to show itself. So it needs this effort for this seed of awakening to uh, take root and to flourish. So in doing this, what we're doing is we're searching for our own minds. We're seeking out our hearts. And if we see them, then there'll be a great radiance within ourselves. And we'll see and understand that this mind is of great, immense value. So we search for our minds. And I ask for all of you to really be intent in this, to try to practice your best. And if this knowledge does arise, then the heart will feel very full. There'll be an inner joy that comes through seeing into the truth. And that's what it's like when mindfulness is always present, it's always very firm in the mind. There'll be a great sense of buoyancy and fullness internally. And then we contemplate the body, seeing it as something that's of the nature to degenerate. Any sense impression that arises in the mind, we teach ourselves so that we don't go and attach to them. And under these conditions, wisdom can arise. In the beginning, however, it's tough. But we need to just carry on. We go without stopping. And if we do, then we will come to see and know for ourselves. And this is how Mpucha taught, that if we just carry on practicing without stop, we'll have to receive the fruits of that. And so we put in our efforts, we, we try to develop this way a lot, and we don't give up. And if we do that, um, then we will receive these uh, great fruits. And it's something that if we sincerely pursue this path, um, we can reach 
these fruits in this life. So I ask for all of you to be devoted uh, to this way of practice for both the monastics and the laity.